it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. This is Alexander Chester. Before we get to today's podcast, I just wanted to give a brief explanatory statement. We usually record our podcasts a few days before we post them, which gives us a chance to edit it, make a few changes here and there. If you think that they are poorly edited, then I suppose this doesn't speak well to us, but you should have heard them before we edited them at all. Today's podcast, for a couple of reasons, isn't really edited. We're pretty much throwing it up as it happened. As I said, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, we recorded it. I'm posting it the moment that we're done with the recording, uh, just because of the timing. And second of all, for those who don't know, our guest today, Ari Gleischer, you'll soon learn that the best Ari Gleischer is an uncut, unedited Ari Gleischer. So, enjoy today's podcast. It's a little different than our other episodes so far. And please leave us a comment in iTunes or otherwise, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Let us know how we're doing, good or bad. Let us know if you like this one more or less than the other ones so we know what we should do going forward. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Well, uh, I'm, I have a uh, a large number of emotions pulsating through my body right now. I just walked in the door. Um, as as many of you know, I live in New York, but I'm from Minnesota. Uh, I just got back from Yankee Stadium. The, uh, the the Twins Yankees rivalry, or you know, matchup. Let's say even casual baseball fans are familiar with the last 15 years of how that's gone. Um, you know, I think I think the Yankees' record against the Twins is better than any one team's record against any other in that span. Which, considering the Twins, not in the last five years, but in the previous decade, were a very good team and made the playoffs a bunch of times and you know won six divisions, uh, shouldn't be the case. Uh, my my son was with me at the game tonight. Both my my whole family actually, and I'll get to that in a minute. And, and he actually was three and zero in Yankees Twins games uh, in his young life. So uh, I thought that he was the uh, good luck. But, um, you know, in the top of the seventh, Miguel Sano hits a nice two-run homer. And one day my son can say that he uh, saw one of the first home runs hit of one of the greatest players of all time. But uh, in the bottom of that inning, A-Rod hit a grand slam to win the game. And unfortunately, I predicted the entire inning <laughs> before it came to pass, uh, including including the pitcher off who it would be, uh, who would be off of, I should say. And um, so, yeah, so, so that happened. And uh, my, my wife was already negotiating with me uh, that she wanted to leave after the seventh because, you know, we have two little kids and we had to get home. And I said, well, look, uh, let, you know, let's see if they can take the lead here. And then they did. And I said, all right, let's see if they can get a couple insurance runs. And it was four to one. And I said, all right, 
well, let's just see A-Rod hit his Grand Slam. And she's like, no, no, the Twins are winning. I'm like, let me tell you what's going to happen. And it did, and as soon as he hit the Grand Slam, we walked out of the stadium. So, but that's not even what I want to talk about, although I've just ranted about it for three minutes. Um, we get uh, we get onto the subway, and, um, you know, I'm focused on the two kids and the double stroller and, you know, trying to get organized. And all of a sudden I hear my wife say to somebody, yeah, that's so rude, isn't it? And um, so, uh, so my ears perk up, and, and I look around, and my wife says to me, don't do anything. Um, but as I said to her after the fact, when you say that to me, you say that because you know I'm going to do something, right? What happened? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what happened is that there's like this nine-month pregnant lady, uh, you know, standing, and there's a row of 20-something of dudes sitting, and none of them have offered the seat. So I, um, you know, be, being the loudmouth that I am, I, I turn to the, to the row of men, and I say, excuse me. And then I say it about two more times. And they all do that move, you know, where you stare straight ahead and you pretend that there's not a person talking right at you. Which is a good move on the subway. I pull it off all the time, you know, because usually the people talking to you on the subway who you don't know are crazy people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I am a crazy person coming off, especially that A-Rod home run. But, um, you know, also the fact that I haven't breathed since we started this podcast. Uh, so maybe I'll take a breath. Um, so so then, I, then, then I make the move, which I suppose in hindsight was, was the one that, you know, raised the risk of, of myself getting stabbed or shot or at the, le- at the very least punched in the face in front of my wife and two children, which, which probably means it was more harm than good. But I had that, you know, that Superman adrenaline going through my body. So I go up to the, the largest of these, of these young men and I, um, you know, and again, in hindsight, I realized maybe not the best decision, but I, I, uh, I snapped my finger directly in his face twice and he looks up and he says, what do you want? And I said, have you no shame? And he's like, what? You said that? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> why can't, why didn't you just start by asking normally? No, I did. I said, excuse me over and over and over to get somebody's attention, to get someone to look at me. No, but why don't you start by saying, hey, guys, just give the praying lady the seat? Why do you start with like a biblical, have you no shame? Because the plan was, excuse me, they look up, you know, you guys, there's a lady standing right here who's pregnant, maybe someone can offer her seat. But, but they were now insulting me also by doing that stare ahead, pretending they couldn't hear me, even though they obviously could, you know? Mm-hmm. So I say, have you no shame? And he's like, what? And I say, there's a lady standing here pregnant, and you can't get up and offer her your seat? And, and fortunately – Did they notice? Well, you know, so, so, you know and, and so here's the thing. The guy happened – you know, fortunately for me, because I, 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 you know, I, I am here and I'm alive to do the podcast. He, um, he seems rather passive despite his size. And he, um, he, he says, oh, sorry, I didn't see. And then I probably could have backed down, but then I even went harder. And I said, that's the problem. All you see is yourself. You don't look around and see the world around you because you're selfish. <laughs> Wait, please tell me she wasn't pregnant. No, no, no. So, uh, so, so, so he, this guy gets up. None of the other guys get up, by the way. They're all, like, totally, you know, whatever. And, and I did feel a little bit bad that I picked on this one guy, but, like, you know. And, and she sits down, and her husband shakes my hand and says, thank you. So I'm feeling like a superhero, right? Why didn't the jerk husband get her a seat? Yeah, well, because he's too passive, whatever. I mean, I'm the Minnesota fan. If anything, I look like the outsider. These are all, you know, New Yorkers. Are you wearing twin stuff? Oh, I'm wearing wearing a Kirby Pucket jersey and a twins hat. My wife is wearing it. Oh, yeah. I brought you that Kirby Pucket jersey. The only time even I have ever met in real life, in fact. It's true. (laughs) I've literally seen you for 30 seconds in my life, and it's when I I went to I feel like we've probably been in rooms together. We just don't realize it. But, yeah, it's still fair. Yeah. Um, so, so, so now, feeling like a hero, I turn to my wife. And Akiva, you've been married for about a decade, right? You have some some spousal experience. Oh shoot! And I honestly, my uh, 11th anniversary is this weekend, and I hadn't thought about that in weeks until you just mentioned well, it. So. There you go. I get credit there. And our, and our guest today, who uh, we're going to bring on in a second as well, he uh, he's also a married man, and he also has uh, some experience with my wife in particular. So, you know, I'm going to ask Akiva, do you think that my wife had a look of pride in her husband, or, or what do you think her reaction was to this uh, this uh, engagement? 
Rolling Eyes. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, um, uh, Ari, are you on the line yet? I am on the line. All right, and, uh, how do you think I can tell you is? exactly what it was. Yeah. I, she doesn't have just an eye rolling. She has a whole physical recoil when you do stuff. And you tend to do stuff, so it's yeah. not it's not that her. out of character. She has a physical recoil. It's I don't use the word recoil that often, even though I've used it three times now, but she definitely has a physical, visceral reaction to your embarrassing situations. And what are you doing? Have you no shame? That was an easily resolvable situation. Yeah, who speaks like that? <laughs> All right, so on the line is Ari Gleischer, our guest today, to talk about the Bears. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, Ari is exactly on the money. My wife was fuming. She was so livid. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like... She also prefaced it. I don't understand what's wrong with you. She said, don't do anything. You could have even said something. Like, you're an, you didn't just not do anything. You also went to the highest degree of absurdity. Like, you could have just said, as Akiva said, Akiva, I've never met you, but you sound like a reasonable human being. <laughs> your, your reaction was, could have just been, hey, to the pregnant woman, come on. Let's yeah. Be, no, so nothing. that was my initial plan. But again, like, when I got ignored. Your think- initial plan. You could have, you couldn't deviate from the subway plan. Your initial, your initial plan was two seconds old. I know, but I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, and now they're insulting me also. They're pretending I'm a non-entity. So, you know, myself and the pregnant lady now, I had to stand up for both of us. You know, we are people. If you prick us, do we not bleed? Have you no shame? Uh, that, that one's going to have to be uh, normalized when I edit this podcast. But uh, So, yeah, so, um, so that's what happened. The guy sort of slunk off. Um, I mean, he was a large man. Um, you know, it could have ended worse, but, um, you know, I would have died as a subway vigilante hero, I think. And my kids wouldn't have been traumatized. They're too young. You know, they would have just, you know, been brought up as orphans. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? So, yeah, so on that note, it was a... I think um, Jen would disagree on the orphan status of them. Are you saying but, she's, a, she's but, a backup man lined up for... But a, what you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off of your point, though, because what you did and how you acted is something that I was thinking about before our podcast here. Um, because you didn't act like a Minnesotan... And you haven't lived in Minnesota in a ton of years. Yep. You are a New Yorker at this stage. Even now, I hear your accent on these, and honestly, your even your accent is is skewing New York at this point. When I was in about eleventh grade, and I went to high school in New York, and I, and I lived in a college dorm, and I, you know, I was sort of a gym rat in high school, and I was always playing basketball in, in the college gym, and and there was a guy who ran the gym. And, um, you know, we were, we were watching a football game one day, and, and I was rooting for the Vikings. And he said, why do you root for the Vikings? And I said, well, I'm from Minnesota. And he said, you're from Minnesota? You're more New York than anybody in this school. <laughs> and I don't live in New York for a couple of years at that point, so. Yeah. So now multiply it by however amount that you could say. I haven't been in Chicago since I was 18. Or yeah, but you got that accent Chicago. still going. I still have the accent a little bit. But regardless, it, it it's – I love living in Seattle. We just got back from a trip, and we got back here, and I felt nice, nice being back. I love it. I always spread the gospel. You are Mr. New York, yet for whatever reason, we're burdened with these teams. Now, I don't have that much Chicago pride. I like Chicago, but I have way more Seattle pride at this stage in my life than Chicago pride. I know my way around Seattle in a way that I don't know my way around Chicago at this point, and I'm guessing I could say the same for you about New York. Yet, for whatever reason, when it comes to sports, we are just locked into our teams, and it just doesn't even make sense. Um, well, Ari, let me ask you a question. Uh, future, yeah. Your future children, would they uh, have the option of being Seattle fans, or are they locked into the Chicago teams as well? Well, let's put it this way. This town, so I moved here three years ago, as you know, and 
Russell Wilson moved to town the same time and watching what has happened to Seattle in terms of its fan participation, could they, you know, the 12 and all that crap. I know, I know, I know. It's a real thing though. There, it is, I don't understand, and that team's gonna be good for the next decade. We both know it. And it's gonna be real hard to have future children here living in Seattle and not rooting for the Seahawks. I will try, obviously, but I, I don't think I'm gonna be successful. I've sort of chalked that up in my head that they are gonna be Seahawks fans. I mean, there's nothing I could do about it. I could try. Yeah, I could have them watch Cutler. <laughs> yeah, I guess the difference is that there's a lot. I mean, obviously the New York teams dominate New York, but there's also nationally a lot of animosity towards the New York teams. So there's something to point to. Like, you know, people don't yet that much really hate the Seahawks. So it's not like, you know, and, and even even in New York, there's people who hate the New York teams because they're fans of the other New York teams. So I think it's easier to say, no, 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 even though we live here, we don't like the Yankees and the Giants. We hate the Yankees and the Giants. And it's harder to say that in Seattle, I guess. And the fans here, are, they're good fans. I got to be honest, they're good fans. They're like, they're rah-rah. They're like Pete Carroll. They're just like, they're they're optimistic about their team. They had one of the most devastating losses you'll ever have. And they're, obviously they won the Super Bowl the year before. And they just have a, a team with personality. And they're likable. When we were living in Boston, and, and Akiva, I met Chester in Boston, um, it was so easy to detest those Boston teams. It's just one of my favorite games and one favorite moments in Boston was walking home from a Super Bowl party the year the undefeated Patriots lost. And just the silence of the city was so gratifying. And it's just – and I, I hated those teams. And not because of the Patriots. The Patriots are fine. It's it's the fans. Yeah. It's just – it's the city attitude. You you go to Boston and you sort of hate all the teams, but you come here, they're pretty likable. I mean, like it's it's I like the Seahawks. They're they're the t- like when the Bears are out of it, I'm I'm rooting for the Seahawks. Very you know I I I felt for them in that loss, but we're not talking about the Seahawks because we're up to the 23rd team. I assume they're going to come later. Yeah, <laughs> I Tomorrow assume night, they're not there. 22nd ranked Seattle. 22nd ranked Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks and. Being a Bear fan, I have to say, the Bear fans, you know, Midwest fans like you and I, are upbeat people. And it's just like Seattle, I guess. They're optimistic about their team. I've never seen um, Bear fans more down and depressed about their team than that. I mean, I guess it when I was younger in the 90s and it was just a dead cause. But, like, it is we are just bummed out because it's not just that we were bad last year. We went five and 11. I mean, teams we've gone five and 11 in the past, but it was just, it was an embarrassing five and 11. And it was just like, they, it was like a series of gifts of players, not running their routes. It like summed up the season and rooting for Cutler. is just so hard. It's just so hard. Um, Chester, we watched two full years of football. When I mean full year of football, I mean we watched every game. Yeah. <laughs> From start to finish for two years. What was my initial reaction when the Bears got Chester? I mean, got Chester, got Cutler. Well, and this is something that Akiva and I, you know, we, uh, we, we talk a lot about quarterbacks. And I mentioned the fact that the Bears, you know, Jay Cutler has been great for them, but he's still been by far the best quarterback they've had in 60 years. And you were pumped when they got Cutler. I was beyond pumped yeah. when they got Cutler. Also, they got Cutler for the reasons you kind of want to get a young quarterback. He had been cut. He came off a of Pro Bowl, and they got him because 
if you remember, Josh McDaniels did that weird thing. He was just coming in as the coach of the Broncos. He comes in, and he wants to bring his boy, Matt Castle, into the yeah. quarterback, and started like having this weird flirtation thing with Castle. And it ticked off a very immature Jay Cutler. And it's okay for your 25-year-old quarterback to be immature and be a little pissed about that and want to trade, and then the Broncos panic traded him. And it's like, you don't get a quarterback like that solely based on this weird situation that happened. And his comps, I looked this up. I wanted to sound smart for this podcast, so I looked a few things up. His comp after that year as a quarterback, Boomer sized him. His comp after the next year, John Elway. Now, obviously, quarterbacks' stats are really hard to compare, but I used uh, the pro football references. And then every year after that, his comp was the last podcast aforementioned, Ken O'Brien. Every year, he has been <laughs> Ken O'Brien. His stats check out to Ken O'Brien. And it's it's hard because when I was in Panama, I ran into two different football fans. And I say I'm a Bears fan. First, they give you the O. And then they want to talk Cutler. And I have been... I was the first guy in that bandwagon, and I'll, I turned the lights off on the Jay Cutler bandwagon. I ended the Jay Cutler bandwagon because I just saw that talent. And you look at the advanced stats with him. He's never been, according, so there's a stat defensive DR, DR, which, uh, measures, it measures just sort of like, basically it's like VORP. Um, and, and it's like the quarterback version of Forbes. I don't know what a triple A is, but basically you take a quarterback off the street and you compare the numbers. Color barely gets over a hundred yards better than the average quarterback, the replacement level quarterback for an entire season. He not once while with the Bears has ranked in a top, as a top 15 quarterback, according to any advanced stat. I bet Ken O'Brien ranked as a top 15 quarterback. <laughs> maybe, maybe once. He By did. the way, a fun stat. Cutler has eight career rushing touchdowns. Ken O'Brien played, you know, for a very long time, zero career rushing touchdowns. Maybe the most immobile quarterback. (laughs) Maybe, no, no, I I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so I, I, Uh, you know, that's one of my go-to. Maybe the most immobile quarterback in NFL history. One of your go-to stats is Ken (laughs) O'Brien's rushing touchdowns. Listen, the Jets don't have a lot to hang their hat on. Ken O'Brien is, uh, he's royalty. So, Ari, let me ask you this. You're going into year seven of Jay Cutler. Do you want there to be a year eight? Do you want him to be your quarterback next year? So that's one of the really fascinating things with Cutler is really the value of the 16th best quarterback. Because, again, Jay Cutler, I, and it's weird, you don't hear the word competent when you talk about Cutler. You hear about the highs and lows. His highs aren't insanely high, and his lows for a game total usually aren't insanely low. He has horrific lows and highs within a game. But typically, they're not insanely low. They're not insanely high. He's fairly consistent. He's just not consistent throw to throw. And he's getting paid $17 million. And you wonder, what if, you know, you think about it. And it's like, well, where? what if we invested that $17 million elsewhere? And then you say, well, who would the quarterback be? And then you you start thinking and you go, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, that's the go-to quarterback. Yeah, the, the classic Jets or previous to Cutler Bears quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. You, is, do you agree that Jay have. Cutler will be a Jet in three years? <laughs> uh, no. No, I don't. I think, so this is my ultimate prediction with this, is that I think Jay Cutler is a Bear in three years. 
because you're never getting rid of him. Well, it's one of these weird situations where we're going to have so so Cutler is definitely a bear for the next two years. That's the way his contract works. They cannot release him without dealing with an insane cap hit until after the next year. Then after 2016, they can release him really at no cap hit whatsoever, or they can pay him the 17 million. Now John Fox isn't too young at this point, and you start thinking. Well, they're not going to get rid of Cutler unless they get a better quarterback in this draft, this upcoming draft, because I can't really see a situation where they're going to then want to draft someone and rebuild with this coaching staff. I think this coaching staff, either they get a new quarterback in this next draft or they don't get a quarterback. And that's kind of scary because you're committing to Jay Cutler. And it seems like, well, this is his last chance. This is the last chance. I don't. I'm not sure I agree. I see this situation happening. I see Cutler with the Bears for the next five years. Like, I, not necessarily because he does a great job and turns it around. I think he could be the same guy. But I think they're going to be in this situation where it's like, is his coaching staff going to want to rebuild around a new quarterback? Probably not. So I, I think Cutler's to bear in five years. You know, Jay Cutler is already the uh, all-time Bears leader in just about every throwing stat. He's eight touchdowns behind Sid Luckman, which means he'll pass him this year. If he's around for three more years, you know, for the for you know for for decades and decades to come, he'll be known as as the most prolific Bears quarterback, and that's probably depressing to you, right? It's not that depressing to me because I remember the previous quarterbacks. I mean, and now as we get older, um, you guys, you start realizing that. Our memory of our team's history is now a higher percentage than it once was. I know that's come, that's obvious, but like yeah. we now remember a significant percentage of the team's history, and I I know what it was like pre Cutler. It was less frustrating of the fan, but I mean you, you just reel off some of these quarterbacks. It's like Eric Kramer's ninety five season is like the best season before. Cutler's 2013 season, and then Cutler's 2013 season wasn't really the best Bears quarterback season that year. Uh, McCown was. So you wonder, you kind of wonder what what would have happened if instead of, I know this seems ridiculous, but what if they didn't sign Cutler? What if what if they went, what if, for whatever reason, now, now Mark Trestman was the offensive coach under, um, uh, what's his face there, uh, Gruden with the Raiders, and he just invigorated a mediocre Rich Gannon and made him a two-time MVP. I believe he was a two-time MVP, right? Is that right? He yep. won MVP a few times. Yep. Offensive player at MVP. Later, yeah. later in life MVP. And McCown, I mean, like, maybe McCown and Trustman pair up in that way. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm saying that, like, I'm just saying that. So, 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 so you saw McCown's, you know, great seven game run with the Bears. You wanted them to bring him back. He went to I Tampa. Didn't. He was I terrible. actually didn't. No, oh. I wanted them to keep Cutler. Oh, I this thought is just a hypothetical. Made... You're saying the hypothetical is at what point do you say, you know, what, 17 million for an av- uh, an average to potentially slightly above average, but it turns out he's average quarterback. Maybe that's too much. Maybe we divert our resources elsewhere. It's just an interesting thought game to play with Cutler because. His numbers are so pedestrian. I mean, they really are. They're they're average numbers. You know, you wonder it was Andy Dalton. And at what point, like, basically, to get in the quarterback competency door, you have to pay $15 million a year. That's just what it costs. But maybe maybe you can find some sort of advantage 
elsewhere. Like maybe what Chip Kelly's doing in terms of how like having a system, maybe he's onto something. I think that it's going to fail miserably, but maybe you find a way to. And I think that's where the quarterback position is actually going to go. But geez, it's tough because it's like you pay seventeen million for Cutler or you pay two million for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's just. Ugh, what a mess. So, so yeah, it's so a you, mess. So your Bears are in a tough situation because, you know, as you said, Bears fans are more depressed than they've been in a while. You, you're bringing in a new coach, John Fox, you know, after a, a disastrous two-year span with, with Trestman, uh, who's uh, – who's, I wouldn't say disastrous two-year. I would say a decent first year and a horrific, yeah. horrific second year. It's never good when during broadcast um, – the announcers and repeatedly different announcers because we kept getting worse announcers as the season went on, just saying that they're baffled by what the Bears are doing. Many people need to be fired. Every game it was how many people need to be fired. The Bears tuned clearly tuned him out. I tuned out the Bears. It was awful. It was just awful. Um, but I love John Fox. I mean, I he's look at the quarterbacks who he's won with. Now he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he. He was the offensive coordinator under was Kerry Collins. That team made a Super Bowl and had a competent offense. He led a Jake DeLome team. He had a Jake DeLome team make a Super Bowl, which Jake DeLome wasn't very good. That's correct. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot take, I know. <laughs> he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was not very good. And he had. And again, the offense was competent. And that team was didn't just have one freak year. He had a few good years with DeLome. And then you look, and he almost, it seemed like he was playing Tebow as a joke to shut up some of the Bronco fans who wanted Tebow. I honestly <laughs> thought that was. But he changed the offense in such a way he was creative enough to have a legitimate offense built around Tebow. Like a, an offense that won games. Like he changed, and totally changed its horse of the midstream. So you look at what he's done with worse than Cutler, and it makes you a little optimistic. Um, but it's hard to get last year's taste out of your mouth, and then it's even harder just with the way the NFL set up now, where it's just like it's all year round you're hearing football, and it's just like it makes it harder to tune it out, which makes it just harder to get over a season like last year. And I think that that's what's hurting Bears fans. And I'm a little bit more optimistic about this team just because um, I like the coaches. I think they, I mean, they got two offensive coordinators who – they at first were interviewing as their coaches. I mean, Vic Fangio, I mean, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. He also, he was, I didn't know this until I looked this up before the podcast. Did you know that he was that first Carolina defensive coordinator? Oh, so uh, he goes way back there with Fox. No, no, no. He's, he predates Fox. Oh, like 1995? Like that team that made that NFC championship game. Against the Packers? Yeah. I know. Oh, Everyone wow. had success with Terry Collins on this Bears staff. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you bring him back? He's only 44 or something like that. Yeah, and he's less than 17 mil. We could probably get him on like a few hundred thousand. Um, maybe get John Kitna. I don't know. Um, I, I look at that coaching staff and they've done, you know, they have been successful. So that's a good thing, at least. You get Gase, who's supposed to be your, uh, um, uh, your offensive guru. But then, you know, you hear some of the things coming out of training camp, which make total sense, which is like, that you don't take certain things seriously. Like, I don't know why this year has been the debut of, oh, do you know that in this practice, Jay Cutler didn't throw a pick? Do you know that Jay Cutler has not thrown any picks in practice? 
Yeah, yeah a lot of teams have had that. Who, who cares? Time. Who cares? Why is that a thing this year? Yeah, Geno Smith. It's a Twitter thing because a lot of beat writers are live yeah. tweeting practice. And but Mariota, Geno yeah. Smith and Mariota had that for a long time also. That's great. Well, Although that's when they really good. played in real kidding. games or went, you know, walked in the locker room, it didn't go as well as when they were in practice. Also great when our concern is our defense, that he hadn't thrown a pick. Like, that's awesome. So the Bears' defense, this is a, a thing that sort of alarms you when you get the the – now, again, I've been away from the situation. I was out of town. I was out of the country. So I only got e- email and, you know, I only looked at things once in a while. So I got a little bit of distance from it. So you look at the stat. You, you start reading between the lines. When your defensive coordinator in May says, oh, we're going to be 3-4 and we're going to be pretty good. And then in July and August start saying we're a work in progress – or we have Jeremiah Ratliff and ten other defensive players. Those are those are sort of alarming things to hear at this stage. A work in progress is not necessarily the phrase that you'd like to hear, but it's the phrase that you'd expect to hear. They are a work in progress. Do you understand that Jared Allen is playing linebacker this year? Are you- <laughs> They're Did you know on, that? No, they're playing Did on the just, outside like an agent Kevin Green or something like that. Yeah, and I'm cool. sure that Chicago grass is going to be great. That little dirt and mud that he's going to be playing standing up on. I'm sure that's going to be a wild success. The middle, you know, the, the middle of that field is going to be wide open for opposing tight ends and slot receivers. I mean, who's going to Well, I saw the Bears were far and away 32nd in the league in guarding tight ends. Um yeah, but that, I mean, that the, the true Allen's not going to start. Like they have two of the best outside linebackers in the league. That's the strength of their team, really. Well, that's all they have. Right. And and I mean, you look at it, and it's like they they are. I mean, they do have good outside linebackers, but then you look at the middle of it, and it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. The middle of their defense, from top to bottom. Um, I mean, they don't even know who they're going to have at middle linebacker. They're trying. Uh, they're trying everyone out there. Um, we have Antrell Roll as our starting free safety as of today, um, and Brock Vereen, and those are not good players at all. Um, up front, I mean, we're still not sure what we're going to do. We don't know if we're going to have Ferguson playing up front, if we're going to have him on the defensive end. They don't know. They just don't know at all about – and that's not because, oh, we have so many good options. It's just like, well, we're just going to hope one of these guys steps up, and – that doesn't always work. Like last year, it did not work. I love uh, Pernell McPhee. I think he's great. I think that it's, it was a great signing. Um, and I'm actually looking right now, and they do think that Jared Allen is going to be the starting strong side linebacker as of today. So that's a little bit alarming. All right, so let's, you know, we'll come back to the defense in a second. I just... Um... You know, let's come back. I just sort of have a, a yes or no question to ask you, and then we'll obviously we'll get to the schedule in more detail later. But um, one one of the sites I really like for my for my previews, uh, you know, when previewing these various teams is WalterFootball.com. And, and if I can just read the, the last paragraph of the of the Bears analysis, because this is a hot hot take. Um, the Bears got rid of the wrong person. It's unclear how good of a coach Mark Trestman was, but Jay Cutler absolutely needed to go, even when considering the financial implications of jettisoning him. Cutler is toxic and lethargic, and Chicago will never win with him as long as he's at the helm. The silver lining is there's a good chance the Bears will have a top-five pick next spring, and that will allow them to obtain a new quarterback. Projection 4-12. and 12. Now, you know, you've said that you're a bit more optimistic than the average Bear fan, and you've also said that you think Cutler's here next year. So I guess just, you know, do you see – and again, we'll get to this season's schedule later on, but do you see the Bears with, with Cutler and with John Fox making the playoffs, let's say, in the next two years? Oof. 
<laughs> I mean, you can't, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers will have a heart attack. I don't, I don't know. Like if he hangs out with those super fans a little bit more or something like that. I think, I think, um, that division is going to be hard to take, which leaves just two wild card spots. I mean, possibly. I have a lot of faith in John Fox, maybe in three years. I, you just don't, I don't know. I th- I think possibly would be, I, I would put it at probably, uh, 33% chance if I was giving it a percent chance. But what I do like about John Fox is I think that he'll protect the defense the way he did in Denver with Tebow. I think they're going to, I mean, they just did not run the ball at all. And their position of strength on the line, if you want to talk offense, is uh, their guards. Their guards are good. Montgomery's a good center. And you have Long and Slauson as their two guards. They have Forte as their back. You know, if they can run it, and sort of protect themselves from Cutler mistakes and protect themselves from keeping that defense on the field. They can maybe be half decent. <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't look good. I also, I don't know when Alshon Jeffrey is coming back. Alshon Jeffrey was in a walking boot after the first preseason game. And they say he's fine, but they said Kevin White was fine. <laughs> They, and he was also in a walking boot, and it turns out he broke his shin. And they did this thing with Kevin White that just made me really mad. Now, he was – he's their burner, rookie, top seven draft pick, who I don't think they should have drafted. I mean, you just look at it, and it's like, obviously, they they need help everywhere. They should have traded down, unless they could have gotten Leonard Williams. I actually thought they should have traded down. But okay, you get the speedy wide out. You better protect him. So if he has a broken – I think it was a broken bone in his shin – you would like them to play it cautious. So they didn't do surgery, but then they had him start practicing and running and said to the 21, 22-year-old wide receiver, if it hurts, tell us, which is not the safest thing to do with your rookie pick. Now, thankfully, Kevin White did tell them that it hurt. But, I mean, he could have not told them anything. And if he doesn't tell them anything then we're talking about a serious injury in a leg of your burner wide receiver who you just bet the seventh pick in the draft on. I, I just don't understand what was worth the risk. Nobody thinks they're going to be good this year. I, I like think they're going to be optimistic, and I, I'm optimistic about it. I don't know how good they're going to be. You just look at it and just like, I don't understand the thought process with that. Um, I don't understand why they had to be so shady about it too, why they were just lying to everyone that he was fine. Um but I just, I don't know. It's just not a good start for this new regime to say. And and I think they could be okay, but I also see a position where what if Forte gets hurt? I mean, he's getting older, could get hurt. That, then And they have no wideouts and they have no running back. And I could see this season, yeah, being a real bottom-out year. But it probably won't because their coaches are so good. And then you have that situation with Cutler. It's like, well, if you have the... 14th pick in the draft, what do you do? Are you going to trade other picks to get this quarterback that you want? Are you, what if you're not happy with any quarterback in this draft? Then you don't get one and you just roll the dice with Cutler again, maybe? Like, I, either way, Cutler is probably back on this roster next year unless you take a substantial cap hit. I don't you- believe, I don't believe the thing that he's toxic. I don't think that. I think he's the type of quarterback who it seems like they like him. Sometimes he could be annoying. It's hard to get a read on him. He's very interesting. But I also don't think 
he's a strong enough person that if things go bad, he can have that sort of, you know, that he doesn't have the type of personality that the team will rally around. I don't think of the cancer, but I don't think they could rally around him. So when things got bad last year, he wasn't the leader in the clubhouse to sort of bring the team back. Um, and that he never has been since he was here. That was Olin Kruitz's job until he left. And they, there is a leadership void, but I don't think Cutler is part of the problem. He's just not really part of the solution. Do you think that uh, this could be the year that Forte really starts to go downhill? A lot of times running backs, when they go, it happens all at once. I mean, you'd think it should, right? Like, he's been very consistent. But again, when Trestman came here, he stopped running the ball. I mean, Forte caught the ball on the backfield plenty, but maybe there's some there's something to be said about his legs being saved a little bit, sort of like the opposite of uh, the Tom Thibodeau thing in basketball, where, you know, he has a lot of legs in him because he just didn't play them a lot in the last two years. I think with running backs, that's the thing. It's like once they hit 25, even at this point, it's possible for them to just stop being productive he's 29 it's very possible that this is the year and if it is the year they're in a lot of trouble because then they're going to be relying on Cutler to pass Cutler will string together a few bad passes in a row and if he gets off the field as fast as he did sometimes under Trustman, which was a huge problem that defense is just going to get lit up so I hope the answer is it could be and I hope not as a Jets fan, am I going to like Brandon Marshall? A Jets fan, remember, Brandon Marshall playing with bad QBs. Am I going to like him? Am I going to get sick of him very quickly? You're going to love Brandon Marshall. I love Brandon Marshall. Um, I think I think you're going to love him because he does not have Geno thrown in the ball. I think that he is such a talent, and he's such a better wideout than anything that you guys have seen in years and that's what it was like when he came here, and it was just such a pleasure. Um, so you got about two to three years, probably only two years in New York, to be honest, of him before, you know, it really goes bad. But I think you're going to love those next two years. He's a, he's fantastic, and he he just, you know that, it's like a stupid term, but he, lays, he leaves it all on the field. He does. He does, and he's an interesting guy. He's, a, you know, he has, you know, he has a, he, he says things that are interesting, and I think people are going to like that. I think that Jet fans will love him, at least this year. I don't know if that would have been the same thing with Giants fans, but from what I know about Jet fans, I think they appreciate, especially on offense, if there's just a good, just a talent. And He's the only guy on the whole is. team who stuck up for Geno uh, after the face-punching incident. Yeah, I mean... Only he, person who's, who's come to Geno's defense in the media. Well, that, I think that says something about Gino. Yeah, obviously. I mean, not clearly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you got to give Brandon Marshall credit for that. And he, if he didn't like Gino, he would have said, "Yeah, he deserved it too." You know, you're going to get an honest answer from him. He's an interesting quote. I like that. And then sometimes people get ticked off because you know, all of a sudden he's flying to New York to do his show like every Tuesday. But you know, that stuff shouldn't bother people. I, I think you're going to. Be obsessed with him this year. I think he's just, just, I, I don't know. I'm higher on the Jets than you guys were. I heard you guys the other day. I think the Jets are actually going to be semi decent this year. Um, I would be higher on them than I am in the Bears. I certainly would have put them higher than the Bears. All right. So let's, well, let's get to the schedule in a second. I just want to ask you one question. We've already covered the, uh, most of the players on the defense, but just in terms of a, a prediction from you, 
you know, Trestman came to town, uh, Lovey left him a top five defense, and they were 30th in the league each of the last two years. And it's obviously not the same, you know, it's not the same defense, you know, that, that Lovey left. You know, even in this past offseason, Lance Briggs left, and uh, Charles Tillman left, and, you know, Chris Conti left, and so, you know. Chris, not Chris Conti. <laughs> well, Please. But, but he, I don't know. But Chris but, Conti, at this point, I don't know what the concussion test is, but if you get it every week, at some point you're going to just pass it, right? Like, Chris Conti couldn't make it through a half without getting a concussion test. It's like the blind uh, guy who's memorized the letters on the letter chart. Exactly. Well, that's my second favorite thing is you assume that these guys are memorizing it. My first favorite is, especially you see a lot of Seahawks games, and they definitely bend the rules here. Um, I like this one. I heard this a few times during Seahawks games where they go to the sideline reporter, and they said, oh, he was so okay, he didn't even need the concussion test. <laughs> and I've heard that a few times. I don't know if you guys have heard that. I heard that also. I heard it in basketball the other day, like uh, with uh, Clay Thompson, they said that. It, yeah. It's weird when they do that. They go to that route. But uh, Chris Conti always needed it. Um, but then he'd be back out there when he was clearly concussed. And I think it's partially because he probably figured it out. All right. Um, so I'm sorry but for yeah, up, it's a different D. It's yeah, a different I'm sorry for bringing D. up Chris Conti. You know, Pina Tillman is a Vikings fan. I'm glad not to deal with him as much anymore. But I guess my question is, you know, if you were to predict where they finish the season in terms of their defensive ranking, where will it be? It won't be top five, but I assume it won't be 30 again. I think they're going to start off poorly, and I have a lot of faith in the coaching staff that they will figure something out by the end of the year. So I think they'll probably figure finish in, like, the low 20s or so, maybe – I mean, I could be saying this, and then it's like they're definitely 32nd again because their defense is awful. But I just – I have faith. You know, these guys have a track record of doing it. I mean, I trust Fangio. I think that in the second half of the season, their defense will pick up. All right, so um, let's go to the schedule now. You know, the second half of the season is a lot easier. The, the first half before the bye, this is a really tough schedule. And, you know, they, they – It's could, rough. Yeah. It is rough. All right, so in week one, you start your at home against the Packers, who uh, I think might be the best team in the NFL. That's not that's not a real bold state there. <laughs> you believe you believe in this Aaron Rodgers thing? It's not just a fluke. <laughs> All right, well, so. you look. I mean, you look at the Packers, and they're saying that's the difference between the, the Packers. They drafted everyone. You look at the Bears team. I'm looking and like. Wait, Akiva, can you drop your Packers stat here? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's what forty seven. Forty seven of the guys that they they have they have signed they they signed or drafted. I mean, like, I signed uh, as an unrestricted free agent? Like, like They only have, I believe, three guys on the entire team that have ever played for another team. It's unbelievable. And then the Bears... I, the every other team, I think, has at least 15. The, the Bears have, basically, there's no one on that run. There's, I think, under six. Um, Kevin White hasn't played for anyone. <laughs> Including uh, the Bears. For yeah, a long for, time, yeah. For a long time, yeah. Um, right, okay, so week one, are you winning at home in Chicago, in Green, in Chicago against Green Bay? Um, I think we're not going to win that one. Um, a, a valiant effort, but a loss. <laughs> All right, week two, uh, still at home, uh, still against a, a tough uh, playoff team in the NFC, the Cardinals. Well, I was looking at this one. This is the difference between, like, 4-12 and 12 and 7-9, and nine, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that the Bears win it. I think that their defense – I think they could get their defense competent enough for that game to just hang on. I think it's a gross game. But they win. All right. Week three, the Bears come to Seattle. Are you going to that game? I am saving a lot of money because Liz's in-laws are coming in, actually, that day. And I was not that depressed about it. I was so excited for the Bears to come to Seattle. So you've got the built-in excuse. I have the built-in excuse to save the money. I'd rather go to Vancouver and see the Blackhawks. Um, 
probably without Kane, but I'd still rather see the Blackhawks. All right, but when we do our 30 NHL fans in 30 days podcast in October, we'll bring you back on to talk. I'm excited for that one. We'll be higher than I've I've had a hard time finding good Bills fans, so the Columbus Blue Jackets are really going to be a a bear. Now, for those jackets, I mean, they're blue. Um, Now that you brought it up, though, uh, how does it feel that your your you know possibly I would guess your favorite athlete across all sports right now is not just a cabbie beater upper, but he's a woman raper. Allegedly. Uh, no, not allegedly. Uh, Patrick Kane's an asshole. Well, allegedly. he first had the thing. <laughs> that is, that the, is the, whole, the whole narrative with him was that he that he had changed his ways. I really just honestly think that he just became a better drunk at 25 than he was at 21, like most of us. You know, at, you drink, you know how to handle your liquor a little bit better. And when they had their victory celebration, they had the rally, and the, the guy running the rally said – that before he brings out Kane, he says he's become more mature on and off the ice. And then everyone goes nuts. And then Kane said this one speech that he slurred. And he said, um, I know there's been a lot of talk about maturity, but I just got to say, watch out for me the next week, Chicago. And it was silent because we all know what he's capable of. Um, I do like that with Kane. And this happens when it's your favorite athlete. I'm sure it was with you, with Adrian Peterson. You do the... There's a lot of let's let the cops get all the facts straight before we start. Hold on, let's slow down. We don't know a lot. How do we know that? How do we know that kids' testicles weren't asking to be hit with a switch? Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. Um. And (laughs) warning: hot take approaching. There's your hot take drop right there. Yeah, I don't know. A shout out to Donnie Brody who asked me to bring up Patrick Kane, but but you actually brought it up yourself. Uh, okay, so we yeah. three at Seattle. Is, that, is there any way that's a win? That's a win. Um, Wait for the Bears. No, oh. no. <laughs> no, they're losing by 45. I've been to that stadium, and that place gets loud. And Jay Cutler is easily agitatable. Um, I I don't think it goes well for the Bears. In Seattle, I think they lose by. Uh, I think they. I'll tell you right now. We do a we do a, a pick'em league, and I will definitely be confidence picking Seattle that week. So I'm just telling you that right now. There's no chance that the Bears lose that game by less than twenty. Pick'em league. Uh, who, who was the champion of the pick'em league in 2013? Um, it was you, who oh, okay. also had far and away the worst record for the first two years and just was like uh, first th- with the first three years first three years 2010 11 and 12 hey, oh, no, flag, the- flags fly forever that's all i'm saying yeah all right okay so now you're one and two you come back home uh for really the only recipe you have before the bye you play the raiders okay good we'll win it we'll right. win it two and two now you go on the road uh, a couple of tough games at kansas city is the first one well that's a loss all right and same thing as Seattle. Um, well, I think Kansas City's not as good as Seattle, but yeah. They're not as good, but I think that it's one of those games where Cutler's throws for like 134 picks, touchdown. And, it's, and they're playing from behind the whole game, and the defense is getting lit up. All right, and then, and then you go to Detroit. That's a loss. Ooh. It's a loss right there. Um, well, I gave the Arizona win. I think that they might surprise a team and win one of these games and lose that. I, I, I could see them maybe winning it and losing the Arizona one, but they're not going to win both of them. So that's an easy loss for sure to mark down. So what are we now? Two and four? Two and four, which isn't two terrible four. given the schedule that they have. I mean, if they're two and four going out of that stretch, I will be happy. I'll be okay with two and four. Um, 
That's I'm being realistic. I mean, two and four, you take at that point because I think it breaks a little bit easier after that. Yeah, it does. So you uh, you have a grudge match uh, with the uh, who's the, the Bears' biggest rivals? The Packers, obviously, right? Yeah, and it's sort but, of. But Chester, the the Packers, the Vikings' biggest rivalry is also the Packers, no? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the oh, Lions' the Packers, biggest rival. And the Packers' the Lions biggest, biggest rival. rival? The, the Lions is also the Packers. They've well, the dominated our division for well, the last 20 no, years. Nobody, care, nobody cares about the Lions. On, like, like, nobody cared about the Bucks and the Lions in this division, and then we got rid of the Bucks, and now the Lions are all by themselves at the bottom. Yeah, but I let's be realistic. The, the Packers – I've talked to a lot of Packer fans. They, their, their eyes are on Seattle. They're not on us either. Oh, oh. Like, Oh, it's 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 bad. It's bad. I'm being honest. No, it's you're right. Bad. There was there was a great stat on Monday Night Football a few years ago during a Vikings Packers game, and it showed all time the record of the Vikings and the Packers back to 1961. Wins, losses, tied, perfectly even. Points scored, perfectly even. Yards gained, they were like 25 yards separated from each other. So this was like a neck and neck historically rivalry. And that's because, you know, obviously the Packers dominated in the 60s and the Vikings dominated in the 70s. And then, you know, in the, in the early 90s, it was the Packers again. And then it was the Vikings in the late 90s. But now in the last decade, the Packers have really pulled away. And so that's not even close. And you I'm know, sure... And I'm sure the Bears-Packers hasn't been very close either the last 10 years. Yeah, but that, that was just to even up the rivalry. It took them 20 years to catch up. Um, do you know how many wins Jay Cutler has against Green Bay? Ooh, two? One. Really? So what is one. He, what is and he, like one in 11? Is he one in 11? Um, well, he didn't play all Oh, yeah, games. he missed a couple games for injury. But wow. Oh, but they won those games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't right, worry, so is the Viking game games. a win or a loss? The Viking game, is, where is the game? It's it's home. It's the first. Uh, the, the, Akiva, Akiva doesn't like all this NFC North rivalry talk. <laughs> all this NFC North rivalry I talk. To make sure I'm still awake. Oh well, Minnesota at home. It's uh, I'll give them a win, but I don't feel great about it. Right, so that keeps your season alive. And you know, we could always tell what the league and the schedule makers think about your team from how many prime time and national games you have. They're not expecting much from the. Bears. I mean, you could. I guess you could argue they have um, maybe the highest profile of uh, the last few years. The Thursday night Thanksgiving game on NBC has been the highest profile game in the league. You know, there's a lot of Niners Seahawks going on. Yeah, what the uh, hell guys, were they thinking putting the Bears on and Thanksgiving? You guys do play that game, so it sort of contradicts what I'm saying. But the rest of the season, you have the obligatory, you know, Chicago at San Diego, which is, uh, you know, a very relevant fantasy game, but not really, uh, you know, a spectacular TV game. And and that, I mean, I guess the week three. Chicago at Seattle, the whole country will probably see that game. But that's about it, the entire season for the Bears. Yeah, and that's what it should be. I mean, this is not a this is not a good team. And the only reason why they get those games, honestly, is because, I mean, people – there are a lot of Bear fans out there. And it only goes to show how poorly they think of this team because they always try to give the Bears extra games. So when you look – and if the Bears actually start off semi-decent, which they won't with this schedule, they will – flex a ton of them it's good for me because these games are at 10 a.m so um it's a little bit easier on me and on my sunday to just get these bears so what do you think the monday night game at san diego win or loss loss (laughs) so that brings you guys to three and five and the season's really hanging in the balance and you go to you go to st louis the next week oh so we go to see we go where do we go i missed it i'm sorry you go to st louis the long brother matchup we go to st louis that's a loss does Jake Cutler survive through that game, or does he get hit like six times? And um, it's probably one of those where he's fake. He's actually concussed, and then um, we does keep Kyle Long ask Chris while. Long not to hurt Cutler or to hurt Cutler? <laughs> 
I think <laughs> I think it depends on what point in the game he's still in. Um, I don't think he's even going to get a chance to get to him. I think that it's just going to be Aaron Donald at that point. I where's see K- about where's Caleb Haney? Where's K- Caleb Haney is no longer working here after he we got it. We got a full picture of him for four games when we got uh, when color was hurt and we got four games of him. That was enough for us to sort of figure out exactly where he stood. He was atrocious and actually derailed our season. So I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. All right, so you're three and six. You come back home. John Fox gets revenge against Peyton Manning. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that's another loss. God, we get uh, this schedule, man. I'm also going to say that Peyton Manning isn't. Peyton Manning maybe not even play in that game. He might be injured. And we'll still lose. So Brock Osweiler, wow, okay. And now now I just have a question here, because Akiva was saying that that Thursday night Thanksgiving game is a very high-profile game. And I want, to ask your, I want to ask your opinion, Ari. I've almost never seen that game, because Thanksgiving, you know, it's supposed to be a day for family. It's hard to pull away for one, let alone three football games. And the early games, the Lions game is usually first, and then the Cowboys. You can get away with it a little bit, because nobody's having dinner yet. You know, you're still getting ready, and so you can sort of sneak off and watch the game, or you can pretend to be helping or watching the kids while you're watching the game. But by 8 o'clock, you know, we're definitely eating. Maybe I can get home, you know, wherever I've been on various things. What, you don't eat till 8 o'clock? Well, no. I, let's say we start eating at like 4, 5, 6. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe by the time the meal's over, I can get home and watch the second half. But but I haven't seen most of those, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, whatever it's been. Yeah, but those are, first of all, their TV numbers are huge. Second of all, everyone's done eating on Thanksgiving by like 5.30. Exactly. Every, oh, really? Everyone, everyone so passes late, out quickly. Are we late eaters? I guess. Yeah, yeah you're really late. late eaters. Everyone burns out so quickly on Thanksgiving. And last year we were here and we had a bunch of people who, a bunch of our friends locally over and the Seahawks were playing. So that game was on while we ate. It was yeah. like a different thing. It wasn't a family thing. So it was a little bit easier. The year before I was in New York and it was already, you know, we were all said and done before. I think we might have missed the first half of that game, but I was at a bar watching that game. All right. But if you're three and you know seven the- <laughs> and you go to Green Bay. I, I don't live in New York, so it was a little bit different. It wasn't like I was at home and I was just at a bar drinking profusely. <laughs> I was visiting people in New York, so we all hung out at a bar. It wasn't that crazy. Say there weren't a lot of people. The, the Jets, uh, Woody Johnson lobbied really hard a few years ago when they started that Thursday night game and the Jets had one. I think they hosted the Bengals for the Jets to be the third, <laughs> from the third traditional and Thanksgiving the the team at night. Veto. By the way, it would was... anyone shed a tear if we decided maybe Dallas and Detroit don't get it every year? Is that a tradition that makes any sense? Well, it's, like, sort, of like, it's sort of like <laughs> Iowa and New Hampshire having the first caucus in primary. There's no reason for it, but it's done because it's done. And it, the lines have been so bad for so long, and if they haven't changed it now, they ain't never going to change it. That's true. If we made it through that decade. I think if the Lions were ever, like, the worst team in the league, then maybe they would, you what know... You if, they went 0-16 yeah. and hosted games consistently. Yeah, that's they true. Were the but not in the Goodell era. The he's more ruthless, you know? They were the worst team in football for the entire when I think era. Of, when I think of firm, good decision-making, I think of Roger Goodell. So that was definitely... Well, Roger Goodell said no to uh, Woody Johnson, who he really hates. And it's not like an un, That's not a uh, well-publicized story, but the league really hates Woody. We didn't Woody. discuss this on the Jets podcast, but do you hate Woody Johnson? I think of Woody Johnson, uh, like I kind of feel bad for him. What? Well, he's really dumb. Yeah, okay, that's true. And I I, like I know people who have like spoke, like who have had conversations with him. A lot of people actually, and I get the same report back that he's like kind of an intellectual lightweight. 
the one thing I'll say is Woody Johnson really, really wants to win. Like he's he's never been shy to spend money, unless John Idzik was refusing to spend it last year. But you know he he really, really, really loves the Jets. Uh, which you, you know you could say about a lot of owners, but I don't know. I, like Ziggy Wolf, would he choose the would he choose the Vikings over like another dollar? Probably not. Oh, oh. I was about to say. I was about to say we could have Haslam or Ziggy as our owners. You know, you're talking about guys. I mean, right. at least either guy who shouldn't be in prison. So, let, you could do worse. Like, like you could do worse. As a, this for the Vikings podcast. I'm I'm, uh, I'm sweating under the brow here. But all right, you're three <laughs> and eight after losing to Green Bay. You come home right. against another real. I didn't say that we would lose to Green Bay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brett Favre. Now I think Brett Favre could be quarterback that night. I think they should just let him do that and just you're already retiring the four. Go out with a bang. All right, so three and eight. Uh, Akiva, sorry, I've stolen the schedule from you, but uh, what's happening at, at home against San Francisco? Let's say win. It's going to be ugly, <laughs> just like most of their wins this year. Will probably. Can you be predict ugly. the announcers for the three and eight Bears at the you know hosting the three and eight Niners that game? Moose Johnson, <laughs> Kenny Elvers. No, no, uh, way down the list. This is going to be I, like Jake Malone. I smell if- Trent Green. Weirdly, this game might be flexed to CBS for some weird reason. It'll be one of those where it's like you're looking for the game. It might get flexed to Gabu. They're going to flex it to 6.30 a.m. start, West Pacific time. Okay, so I'm looking at the pairings that we have this year on Fox. Of course, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman is number one. Kevin Burkhart, John Lynch is number two. Kenny Albert and Moose Johnson is number three. I didn't realize they were that high. Tom Brenneman, Charles Davison, and the Goose is number four. Yeah, they split up the Goose. They, wow, they, they the dropped the Goose. Yeah. The goose they is, dropped the Goose. Uh, yeah. they restricted. By the way, uh, Moose Johnson is the worst announcer in the NFL. He's even – like, the Goose is just annoying, uh, but he doesn't claim to know anything. Like, Moose Johnson once uh, called for a team to punt in a scenario where if they punted, the other team would have just kneeled the ball three times to end the game. I think Phil Simms might do that a time or two a year. But Phil, like, I mean, I guess, you know, they may have something in common, those two guys. Wait, can I just read you the, can I read you, can I read you the, thousands of hits to the head, yes. (laughs) Can I read you the last announcer team for Fox, especially? Wait, go on, yeah, I want to hear this. I want to hear more of these guys. Alright, okay, so number five, you have Chris Myers and Rondé Barber, who aren't bad. That's okay. They're yeah, they're comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Dick Stockton, and that's disrespectful to a veteran like Dick Stockton. Yeah, just he's, fire him, guys. Yeah, don't, he's don't, don't put he's him at number place. six with David Deal. He's so old, just tell him he's David an announcer. Deal. <laughs> David Deal. You know, giant. All right, and number David Deal still married to the coach's daughter or something no, that's, like no, that? No, that's not David Deal. That wasn't David Deal? No, that was that was the guard. All right, and number seven, and I don't even know what this means, so I'm just going to read to you the entire sentence. Sam Rosen slash Chris Cooley comma, Matt Millen, comma, Kirk Morrison, or Brady Quinn. <laughs> by Chris Snee, by the way. I was playing on his name. Chris Slash Snee. Peter Schranger, Holly Sanders, or Danielle Trotta. That's like 17 Because they minutes. don't always need. A lot of weeks you only need six, like when there's a buy. So yeah, that's I, like, hope, I hope there's so a way to... There? Brady I think Quinn? What they're you... probably... Because they're probably all going to be sideline reporters when there aren't. Whatever happened to, like, the girl who was, like, wore the half Brady Quinn, half AJ Hawk jersey, always, like... Quinn's wife or Hawk's sister or something like it was, that. It was the sister and girlfriend combination. You don't hear much about their, her anymore. I think it was AJ Hawk's sister yeah. and Brady Quinn's girlfriend or something. Well, you don't hear a lot about Brady Quinn, so right. pretty sure extended family members. But are he may be. You may hear. You may be hearing him on this game. Who is it? What's the CBS announcing teams? Do you have that in front of you, Chester? Uh, well, yeah, I'll get to that in one second. But I mean, this is my question, Ari. If, if you turn on the TV and for the game against San Francisco, or maybe the next week against Washington, or actually even Week 16 against Tampa Bay, and you hear Chris Cooley, Matt Millen, and Brady Quinn, how how many seconds are there between you hearing the introduction and you pushing the mute button? 
Um, I want to hear all eight of them at once. I think they should just bring them all for whenever they have a seventh game. Just go deep into that game. Like, have, I know MLB Network has, like, that one game a week where they have, like, super analytics. They might as well have some fun with that crap game. I, I, I'm, I'm all ears at that point. Give us the CBS announcing team. In the, while you look it up, in the meantime, next week they host the Redskins. What do you, what do you think is going to win that game? Oof. Well, the Bears are probably going to win that. Cause now. Is that win number four? Are you guys four and nine? That, no. That win five and eight. Five and eight. Yeah, five and eight. I don't know who Hilarious that. now. You know, there's a part of me. I know that this team is bad, but the defense is going to start looking good during these games. This well, there went your good draft pick, up. though. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think that the, I, I, I don't think they're going to really tank, tank. All right, they're at Minnesota at five. What's Minnesota's record coming into this game? Um, I'm guessing Minnesota is probably it's probably five and eight against uh, six and seven, something like that. So you're not on the Vikings bandwagon? No, I'm not. I'm not on the Teddy football bandwagon at all. Um, and I don't know how that D that D's not that great. Oh, watch it! You're gonna get a boring speech about how good Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be – you're going to be having the Jay Cutler conversation with Teddy Bridgewater down the road. All right, they give all right hold your horses. What's happening in week 15? Um, we're in Minnesota. Yeah. We're, we're losing. We're losing in that, that college stadium. Are they in the new stadium no, yet or no, are they no, one, college more, one more year of college. All right, so you're 5-9. and nine, Then you go to Tampa, another game where you can just hurt your uh, draft stock. Oh, we're winning that one. And, again, our D is going to look good in all these games. So this is – we're playing some like mediocre offenses. Are D's going to start picking up? Start getting some excitement. I'll make a I'll year. make a prediction. That game does not get one play shown on Sports Center. Yes, but they will have some on Red Zone because they're obligated to show every touchdown. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so six and nine, and then you're home against the Lions in the final week of the year. Oh, how obvious is that Bears win to knock the Lions out of the playoffs? All right, so so seven and nine, so not so bad. I, that's, you I start mean, three seven and nine, seven, six, and you get a lot better. I, I mean that. I mean, not only does the schedule break that way, but you know Detroit's going to lose that game. That's so obvious already, and it's going to kind of kill the Bears' pick. It's going to move it five picks away, and I mean that's sort of what this Bears team is. I think that they're a team that will improve. Seven and nine, you can't really answer anything about Cutler. The defense is the work in progress. We go into next year with this weird thing. Our seven and nine. What's our pick then? Like, we'll probably pick in fifteen then, right? Yeah, Fourteen, like fifteen. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to get a quarterback? Probably not. We get or what are we going to get? We're going to get like maybe we get a quarterback late in the first round. Last time we did that, we got Rex Grossman. So, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I right. mean, so I don't asking- know what to do with this team. Ari was asking about the, the uh, CBS commentator pairings. The cool thing here, actually, because, you know, CBS has had the NFL, you know, forever, is when you go to the Wikipedia page, it starts in 1956. And up until the merger, the way that they did it was each team had their own announcer pair, actually. And so I don't know if that means that each – was Probably the home team. Yeah, but – oh, so, oh, that's how it works. So there wasn't two separate recordings. All right, but, you know, let's scroll all the way down to 2015, which is what Akiva wants to know about. Um, actually, they don't have 2015. I kind of wanted to know about the 1964 pairings, like who did which game. All right, but well, if you really do want to know, in 1964, the Bears I, d- had, I don't, wait, I don't really want to know. hold on, the Bears had Jack Buck in 1964. I was about to say, they probably had, they had Jack Buck, really? Yeah, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, man. All right, um, in 2014, because they haven't announced uh, next year yet, but, you know, uh, CBS, and you're the Jets fan, Akiva, so let's see how well you know this. Who's the number one team on CBS? Oh, I could give you all the teams, all unless right. they just switched. Yeah. All right, so obviously Nansen Sims is number one. Yep. 
Oh man, it, I should point out it's really late at night right now. Yeah, yeah. what does it um, take, by the way, to get knocked off of the number one team? Like, if you're a color guy, like, what does you this have, have uh, to ask do? Ask Greg Anthony. Well, Jim, well, Jim, <laughs> well, Jim, I really think that Gino has a chance to improve here in the second half if he just stops throwing it to the other team, Jim. I can't stand Sims and Nance. Ugh. I, I mean, Aikman and Buck are so much better, and I don't like them either. But boy, CBS sucks. Yeah. No, are you? Uh, what? Uh, uh, CBS announcers are universally considered better than Fox. Uh, sorry, are you are you calling me like an uh, NFC homer? Yeah, oh, like universally by you know. But if you said that to Richard Deitch, he'd like not, vomit. But, in but not face. Nance and Sims, though. But nobody likes Nance and Sims. Yeah, but Fox I mean, it's possible that... to like Buck better than Nance. But CBS has like eight good teams. Uh, you know, Moose Johnston, who can't string yeah, a sentence yeah. no, together the, with getting playoff games. Yeah, no, the, no, the bottom of Fox is really bad, and I agree with but, you. I think CBS is deeper, but you know, the number. I one like team... that. I like that Fox has that really depressing music when someone gets injured. It sort of like lightens the mood, yeah. like when they go to commercial. Yeah, they have the strings. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So who's the number two team on CBS? Akiva. Well, the thing is, they mix up the pairings a lot. They still uh, Greg favorite's Iron Eagle, but Greg he's Gumbel's really like number there. four. No, Iron Eagle's number two. Him and Dan Fouts. Oh, really? I like them a lot. That's I like a good Dan team. Fouts. Yeah, that, that's the new. That's oh yeah, last year. Uh, and, and you know, Gumble. Uh, for some reason, they like him. He's up there. He's number three with Trent Green. Kevin Harlan. No, I love uh, Kevin Harlan. I'm, you know, he, he started his career as a Timberwolves announcer, so I, I'm a. Big yeah, player. I mean, he's very good. He's like, uh, he's like a poor man's Gus Johnson. By the way, what did Gus Johnson do to his career? Well, he went to. Fox he went. To he went soccer. all in on soccer. I know, but like, you don't hear from Gus Johnson now, at all. Yeah. I know he was like on Madden. He was like living the dream, and now I don't. What does he do now? He does like. I don't know. Stuff. Then they have his like uh, Solomon Wilcott's the Gus old partners up there. Uh, a lot of garbage after that. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, th- I think the two, three, four, five on CBS is better than Fox, but you know I can't stand Nance and Sims. Also, I just don't like the CBS presentation as much. Like, they don't show the score. I don't know. I, I, and again, I'm probably just a homer because Fox got the NFC I think in 1993, just as I was really getting into the Vikings. So I've been a Fox, you know, and they had Madden and Summerall, of course. I've been a Fox guy all the way. Um, you know, maybe Fox not, guy maybe, all the way. Maybe not. Maybe not politically. Maybe the not presentation is is pretty similar at this point. They have the scores up there. They give you your fantasy stats. Yeah, but at this point, I'm a fan of having the Bears game on mute in front of me and uh, the the red zone on the TV. The fantasy That's stats, the fan. by the way, I actually hate because first of all, anybody who's actually playing fantasy is watching it on their computer or on their iPad or on their phone. Nobody's like, oh, let me see some random guy. Or, or the other thing that pisses me off about their fantasy stats is they don't show the relevant players. They show the best players that day so far. So if a fourth string tight end gets a 94 yard touchdown, right? But he's not a one him. roster in the country. Exactly. So. Like it's not a relevant. Statistic. Yeah, that's true. I, actually, uh, if I if I still work in the business, I would. Bring that up to somebody. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you're you're in the business. I think Red Zone does a really good job with that, though. Red Zone does give you the fantasy stats of the guys who you have were relevant. Yeah, well, Red Zone and that's and that's what I'm mainly watching. I'm watching Red Zone, and I got the Bears screaming illegally. Yeah. All right, so um, you know, Ari, thanks for joining us. I gotta be honest, folks. Uh, you're hearing this podcast, or this podcast is being uploaded minutes after it was recorded. There's not gonna be a lot of editing today. Ari did a great job, but it's also because you know it's uh, it's midnight. And um, well, I want to come back and then do the podcast about the 32 podcast about the 32 fans and 32 teams, and we can rank the history of the 32 podcast. No, no, I think he's saying we'll do a 32 episode series of ranking these 32 episodes. Oh, yeah, well, think, can we just do one episode and rank the 32? I'll be happy to return to do the one episode and rank the 32. I have some interesting <laughs> things to say about some of your early ones. Uh, All right, so what do we have so far? 32 Titans. Your 32 Titans. 31. Oh, are you ranking them in the order that you like them? 
No, like who's going to be at the bottom? Thirty-two is the Titans. Oh, I'm, I'm not disparaging any of our guests. I'd like to. All oh, guests. I will. I, I will <laughs> oh. disparage. I mean, oh. <laughs> the Jets got a little bit Semitic for me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow. It did get very. I'll tell Semitic. you what. I want to know how many people are listening to this. So I'm going to actually do something. I because someone I heard someone else make a plug, which was really funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. People your, are plugging on this. What's your plug? So my, I, I never. By the way, I, I think you're. Start. I think I think you're referencing uh, Kyle Appleyard on the Bucks, and you know he first of all he had some good plugs, and he was also he was a very solid guest. I'm a fan. Well, well, let me tell guest. you something. No, Ari. He, I would rank him high. Yeah. He, he did better than me. You need to like, all right, if you're gonna do a, a poll for who you know some sort of way to find that who listens to it, you have to be offering something in return. Because... I was about to. I understand the concept. I'm oh, no, I'm just saying because I do, um, on the network that I podcast on, uh, they end every podcast with a, a hashtag. So, like, you know, at us and tell us what you hashtag. And a very, very low percentage of the listeners do that um, because there's no incentive for most of them. So, What if... about when you said you'd pay people if they watched and didn't like um, review? Yeah, right. I did that. But even then, uh, people like tried it, but I didn't lose a single dollar. If I went on his main show, I would lose a lot of money by doing that. Um, all right, so Ari, right, let's wait, no, so Ari, you need to do something where, like, you'll give $100 to one of the people who email you uh, that they hey, listen. Hey, you're, you're fast and loose with Ari's money. Wow, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, no, all I was going to say is I wasn't going to do something where I give you money. I was going to do at Pick'em NFL. That's this, the, the thing that I never tweet from, but it's really easy to remember. So Pick'em NFL. If if I get ten followers or more, then for every follower, every one follower I get, I will donate that amount of money to charity. Oh, but I need to get oh, nobody ten. cares about charity. You're not getting one tweet about this. I don't think I'm getting one tweet if I say that I I will do a personal raffle and send it send a check in the mail. To I, I think you'll get a few emails. I think you're wrong. Hold on, okay. Ari. This is my issue. So Pickem NFL, which is P I C K E M N F L. That's, yeah. that's the uh, Twitter account for our Pick'em League. You haven't our, tweeted in two years. Well, no, no, but hold no on. I haven't, but no, I'll but, start but, tweeting. No, but Ari, this is my point. The The Pick'em League has 18 league members. Is that correct? Yeah, we only have 12 followers <laughs> yeah. in there. <laughs> so if you, if you can't get the league to follow you. Because um, I never tweet. I just look at it to find what really happened, interesting What happened to your stuff. main account? It looks like it was taken over by spam recently. Yeah, recently. Yeah. It's because I never tweet. That's recently. It's like yeah, you lost it. You were hacked, buddy. I get pissed at Comcast and I tweet scam, spam. That's how, basically all that happens. That's how do, how do we I know tweets. that Ari Gleiser just isn't a big believer in losing massive fat off your belly? <laughs> Maybe Comcast I am. is not going to help Every you hour on the hour. Hour. You need to you need to you know upload a, a, pro, a picture of yourself. Well, at least Pickham NFL has that great picture of Peyton Manning picking his. Well, yeah, even if it's like a Jay, Jay Cutler picture or a Bears logo, like smoking Jay Cutler. Um, no, just let's see if we can get more than six followers added to this app Pick'em. I'll start tweeting if I get some. All right. But, so, oh, pick- nobody's going to follow you. Nobody should. That's a big, should. I'm saying that's like a big commitment. <laughs> it's a big commitment to get a. You're a not offering, you're offering charity. Like you didn't even say what charity. It could be like the worst charity in the world. What, what would the ISIS. worst? ISIS, ISIS would be the worst. <laughs> I will ISIS. donate, I will donate money to ISIS because that's how. <laughs> Hey, it's a religious organization. It's a religious or is tax exempt. They are probably tax Last exempt. Last episode was Semitic, so this one can be anti-Semitic. What's the problem? <laughs> we got to even the score a little yeah. bit. All right, so, you know, thanks again, Ari, for joining us. You have the Bears. It's my pleasure. You have the Bears at 7 and 9. Not bad. 7 and 9, and that is about as high as you can probably be on this Bears team. If the, if the wheels came off, they come off. 
All right. So once again, uh, if you want to follow Ari at Pickem NFL, that's P I C K E M NFL on Twitter, and and if he ups his followers from its current number of twelve, he will start pouring <laughs> money into a a charity of the followers' choice, or how will that work? Yeah, just tweet me some options to to do it. It could even be your wallet if you can prove that that makes sense in 150. The human fund. Plus. The human fund. The human fund. You can human fund me. Right. Um, this has been fun. I'll, I want to do it again sometime. Yeah, right. This was fun. We will, uh, we will bring you back on as a, as a special guest. Uh, m- maybe uh, maybe we bring him on as like a counter to Grashen. Well, we'll figure it out. But uh, but thanks again for joining us. I knew right. you were going to have Grashen do the Seahawks. He's a resident <laughs> Seahawks fan out there. <laughs> He's the only Seahawks fan that everybody I know, I know. I saw the Super Bowl with him when they lost. It was really depressing. Well, you know him from Brandeis, right? I know him from Brandeis. World's I saw that colliding. Super Bowl with him. World's oh, wow. Yeah. I know. Send Grashen my regards when you do the Seahawks. In about three weeks. Yeah, that's not going to be for a while. Well, we'll find out if he's <laughs> listening. Maybe he'll tweet at you. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of shout outs today. We've had a Donnie Brody shout out. We've had a Josh Grashen shout out. Yeah, I don't th- I, I'm pretty sure Grashen's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. a couple of people actually asked me. They, they, they heard secondhand that they had been mentioned on the Jets podcast. Oh, who's so, that? Well, the so. Jewish people. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, was I mentioned on the Jets podcast? I said uh, maybe you should listen. They're like, well, what minute is it at? I'm like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta go in for the full hour if you want to hear your name. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe, maybe we'll tell Josh Grashen that his name comes up. And then have is to that listen. the key to success that we just like name drop everybody and then like that gets back to them? <laughs> but not till 72 minutes in. So let's uh, like, who do we know in common? Let's just start talking about them. Well, Josh Grashen, there's one right there. Uh, Donnie Phillips. Yeah, I know oh, Donnie Phillips. Is... There's this has gotten one. actually amazingly enough. This has gotten more Jewish than your Jets podcast. I, the, we're talking about Brandeis. Brandeis. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna. Who do you know? I think I think you guys are overtired. Oh, you know, we today. shouldn't have had you. We should have had uh, Jeremy Torrin. Isn't he a Bears fan? Ah, uh, forget it. Forget. <laughs> it. Forget it. We're 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 going straight to Torrin after this. Forget. We're yeah. gonna. Cut all right. <laughs> so when we come back from commercial break, it's gonna be hour two of the Bears with uh, the next Jew in the line from Chicago. <laughs> we already spend way too much time talking about this awful team. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Ari. Have a good night. <laughs> All right. You too. Okay. Thanks a lot again for joining us. 32 fans in 32 days. That was Ari Gleischer to talk about a lot of things, but partly the Chicago Bears. And that means that tomorrow, hopefully, we will have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but we, we might skip them and, and go straight to the New Orleans Saints. So you'll have to Wait, tune in you, tomorrow. Wait, you see. have Minnesota ahead of Buffalo? All right, you, you'll, wait till you listen to the Vikings podcast. All right, <laughs> I, I didn't know that we had such a huge. Akiva, time. you cannot, you cannot let Chester take over this. This well, he put Minnesota Chester. number one. It's, yeah, it I assume you must have had him at thirty, and it'll be fifteen. <laughs> it balanced out. Oh my god! But what Ari is saying about the Vikings is actually interesting, and it's something that I do want to talk about on the Vikings podcast. Um, sort of the, the different perception between between fans and experts about this team this year. But you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. So, uh, have a good night, everyone, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Buffalo Bills or maybe the New Orleans Saints. It might be daytime, though. That's true. Yeah, some people listen to this in the day. Some people listen to this at night. And most people don't listen to it at all. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.